natural ability that's you can't coach. It's it's hard to coach. For me, he's one of the most talented players in the country. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Now you're very welcome along. So on tonight's show, we're going to chat to Kira McGee, an always brilliant guest, and there is loads to chat to her about. There's an unusual summer coming up included. All athletes uh, really are going to be uh, thrown by the fact that there's uh, world championships, and then if you're in Europe, suddenly there's European championships just a couple of weeks after that because there were delays with the Worlds last year on account of COVID and the Olympics. So it's a very busy summer, and she has the Commonwealth Games all in the space of about six weeks. So we'll chat to Kira McGee about that and more besides at half seven Wednesday night rugby Keith Wood and James Collin over coaching with Toulon now been in France for the past eight years or so so James Collin is going to join us after eight o'clock Dan McDonald on the football show Jonathan Wilson uh, will join us as well to discuss the developing ownership situation at Chelsea and Everton Roman Abramovich has released a statement this evening the club is very much officially uh, for sale 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter we have Richie McCormick with us hey Richie Joe how are you very well Mick McCarthy here in studio hey Joe might start with this Roman Abramovich statement I don't know how many statements he's released across his tenure I wouldn't think too many so Roman Abramovich says I would like to address the speculation in media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea FC As I've stated before, I've always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. In the current situation, I have therefore taken the decision to sell the club as I believe this is in the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club's sponsors and partners. He goes on to say, uh, the sale of the club will not be fast-tracked. I will follow due process. I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. Uh, This has never been about business nor money for me, but about pure passion for the game and club. Moreover, I've instructed my team to set up a charitable foundation where all net proceeds from the sale will be donated. The foundation will be for the benefit of all victims of the war in Ukraine. This includes providing critical funds towards the urgent and immediate need of victims, as well as supporting the long-term work of recovery. goes on to say, finally, uh, please know this has been an incredibly difficult decision to make and it pains me to part with the club in this manner. However, I do believe it's in the best interest of the club. I hope that I will be able to visit Stamford Bridge one last time to say goodbye to all of you in person. It has been a privilege of a lifetime to be part of Chelsea FC and I'm proud of all our joint achievements. Chelsea Football Club and its supporters will always be in my heart. Thank you, Roman. So Chelsea is very much up for sale. Extraordinary development. He was clearly... A very, very worried man last Saturday when he handed over the stewardship, as yeah. it was then in care, to the trustees. And I wouldn't think the comments in Westminster today and over the last couple of days or any of the other inclinations I'm sure he's been getting uh, have uh, moved to calm him. And so he is getting out while the going is uh, even slightly good. It's quite extraordinary that it's come to this. You talk, think about even on Saturday, it feels like so long ago now, is yeah. the, the long-forgotten board of trustees, how do they feel about this? You know, they've had the club yanked from them, um, haven't been given it to, so, so, so recently. No, but uh, it's a, it, that's an amazing PR statement. Joe, I mean, if you if you weren't thinking too deeply about this and just taking everything he's saying there, he's forgiving the club the loans. He didn't say how much that is. It's 1.5 billion. 
I'm not sure if that's pounds or euros, actually. I think it's euros, but it's a lot of money. Um, how does that even work, you know? And then all the net proceeds of the sale go to charity as well. You know, this is... Um, it's it's remarkable, really, isn't it? Like that that this is happening on such a high level, mm. you know, and such a high, you know, such a such an expensive level as well. Yeah, by all accounts, he's selling his monster mansion in London as well. He's selling everything he can sell at the moment, and there's talk that offers in by Friday. Yeah, it's like an eBay sale. Yeah, an eBay <laughs> sale. Yeah, except it's not because it's it's you know what are what, what are they putting the 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 price at? It's something absolutely astronomical, three billion or something like that. You know, I don't know if he's going to get that for it. Uh, but you know who's going to put that money together in a proper in a you know fit, talk about fit and proper test? But you know how are they going to get? How are we going to know who that is by that stage? I don't think it's going to happen. He also did say there that it's not going to be fast track. So who knows exactly what they're going to do in that in that regard? But I don't know. I'm just finding this. It, it's all moved so fast, and you know it's so pales in comparison and importance to everything else that's going on. But when you think of everything that's happened since Abramovich has taken over Chelsea from the, you know, the Manchester City takeover all the way to the Newcastle takeover. Abramovich has seemed like the constant that would, you know, that that he wasn't going anywhere and Chelsea were always going to be the original money bags and they were going to they were going to hold off. And now it just seems like it's just ended like that over the space of what, two weeks. Mm. Extraordinary development, Richie. Yeah, um, not unsurprising given the fact that the I guess the net was was closing in on the likes of Felicia Uzmanov and the likes of Roman Abramovich in, over the last few days. Sanctions from the UK government are, are imminent against um, oligarchs of their ilk. It's like it's a very I'd imagine it's a very scary day for a lot of Chelsea fans because this is like 19 years mm. for a lot of people. This is the guts of their fandom has been spent with uh, an open and blank checkbook. And if, if needs be, they could go out and buy whomever they so please. They could hire and fire managers at a whim because there was always going to be the money to back them up. I don't think, regardless of who takes over now, is going to have the same laissez-faire attitude towards spending as, as Roman did over the last 19 years. Um, but like Mick said there, it, it's, a, it's a huge PR exercise, that, that statement, because I would love to check in with that charitable foundation in about a year or so's time and find out how much they were given and how much has actually been given to Ukrainian victims of this invasion of Abramovich's, uh, from Abramovich's country to Ukraine. Uh, I'd wager it's not that many. I'd like to know what the actual net figure of his uh, of the t- of the takeover is going to be. Again, given the fact that he's forgiving 1.5 billion in loans, I wouldn't suggest that it's going to be a whole hell of a heap of beans. What it does do is mark to some degree, a line in the sand for Abramovich because it comes down so heavily on the side of empathy and sympathy for Ukraine that he has pretty quietly picked his side here and is probably looking to, even though he's already got a visa for or a passport for Israel, he's he's probably trying to build himself a life beyond the invasion in the West and away from the clutches of Mr. Putin. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I mean, he certainly didn't condemn the war and maybe he feels in a statement about selling the club it's not the place to do it. But you, there is wiggle room there in that the foundation will be for the benefit of all victims of the war in Ukraine. Now, I would think Russian soldiers could come under that heading, for instance. So there's a touch of wiggle room there and there is no outward, you know, explicit condemnation of what's going on. So it's difficult to know. And if you want to be uh, more cynical again, he does have this offer and this interest from Hans-Jörg Weiss and Todd Bowley, who's a part owner of the Dodgers. And there seems to be haggling over the price. I mean, a statement like this is to prompt a bidding war 
So yeah, it's, let's it's not, 2.5 let's not, billion. Let's not just uh, celebrate this as exiting stage oh, no. left. He is very no. much trying to say, OK, I'm probably going to have to sell this thing. I'm not happy with this price. So yeah, in this uh, very nice PR statement. I am also trying to say I'm open for business here, everyone. And I think but if that I... price is going to drop day upon day and hour after hour and pretty quickly as well, because nobody will effectively be one. Pretty soon, nobody will actually be able to do business with them. And secondly, nobody will want to do business with him. So he really does, regardless of what he says about not being fast-tracked, he has to get this done quick, which is why Rain Group in New York have been, you know, apparently asked to have bids on the table by Friday. Yeah. Because he needs to get this done and he needs to get it done soon. Because if not, Chelsea and Abramovich could find themselves in limbo with an asset he can't offload. And you mentioned the price going down there. That's because I think, like, I mean, if Vice didn't come out and say that Abramovich was trying to sell the club, I don't think he would have released this statement. I think he'd have much preferred to do this behind closed doors and you know get a get a secret deal at least somewhat over the line before this all became public knowledge now everybody knows Roman Rovambridge is desperate to sell it's a fire sale at Chelsea FC yeah how much you know can we get it for a tenner yeah like let's not <laughs> uh, fawn over this at all or celebrate this I mean uh, the reasons he's selling are obvious to everybody how he acquired his money has been uh, well discussed across the 90s and he's releasing this statement to prompt a bidding war and to hopefully ratchet up the price a touch and uh, of the 1.5 billion he's given to the club I'm sure when he talks about net proceeds going to the uh, charitable aspect here I'm sure that you know his 1.5 billion will be looked after in some way I'd be very surprised if it wasn't mm. so you know I think let's all take a step back because it, like it's you read it at first glance and it, you know, it's like wow Roman Abramovich this I is know. a hell of a move I mean yeah. uh, be under no, we're, none of us sorry I was going to say be under no illusions I know nobody is like he's been hounded out here and this is very much a self-serving move that's all this is yeah I think as much as we're saying there it is it's it's a brilliant PR statement I think most people see through it hopefully yeah. anyway um, I just saw Miguel Delaney tweet that the fawning over this billionaire is a bit much so I'm wondering so. I'm Maybe wondering it if it's been received as a real act of uh, as generosity on Abramovich's yeah. part and I'd certainly like to even think back on what I was saying five minutes ago and again fawning over the PR wasn't fawning over the actual uh, meaning of it I hope anyway uh, if I could be so crass as to bring it back to football, because it does feel almost a little bit crass at the moment, but Richie did make the point about Chelsea fans being a little bit scared at the moment. The only thing I'd say to that is he's selling the European champions. He's selling how many? They've won five league titles, I think, since he took over. They are without a doubt now, as much as people would want to say they're new money and so on, they are genuinely one of the biggest clubs in in England right now. They're one of the biggest clubs in the world. They're you know, in London, they have a real support. They are a big, big name, current European champions. I think Chelsea, I think Abramovich has brought Chelsea beyond the point of needing Abramovich anymore to remain a big club. They won't have the open checkbook that Richie's well, talking about thing, and it's yeah. going to affect them. But I don't see them slipping back into the pack. I don't see them becoming, you know, a Villa or a Spur, even the Spurs, you know. I still I, think I, they're, a, they're a, 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 a level beyond that. I hear what you're saying. Unless they get a Stan Kroenke type who's really not too bothered if they slip back to the pack. Yeah. You know? And that's very possible as well. Hans-Jörg Wies, I don't know much about him or whether he wants... I, 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 I suspect if he's accumulated 4.3 billion and the LA Dodgers owner has accumulated 5 billion... They're going to run a tight enough ship as well. I think the Abramovich case was kind of touch unique, you know? No, absolutely, in terms of their ability to spend. But their turnover has become such now that they will always have money. Yeah. That's what I mean, in that they have they have become a big club. Will they be worried because they might 
slip back from that massive advantage they have over everybody else except for Man City. Yeah, they like that. That is a concern, but I do, I don't see it becoming, a, you know, them going back to being the mid table club they were pre two thousand five mm. or two thousand four. We should get started with the news round. Obviously, that's the first story. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. So that's Chelsea. Richie, mm. you might bring us up to speed with Uzmanov, who people are less familiar with, obviously. Yeah, Everton say they've suspended their sponsorship deals with companies owned by Alicia Uzmanov. The Uzbek billionaire oligarch has had his assets seized this week by the EU over his links to the Russian President Vladimir Putin. His company, USM, holds title sponsorship of Everton's training ground at Finch Farm, and he also paid €36 million Euro for the option of naming rights to their new stadium at Bramley Moor Dock. Uzmanov's megaphone is the women's team's primary shirt sponsor and the men's team's sleeve sponsor. Meanwhile, manager Frank Lampard has denied that Osmanov was involved in his job interview. Yeah, well, those reports are inaccurate. Um, my interview was with the board, um, with Mr. Mashiri, the chairman, uh, Denise, the CEO, and others, but not Mr. Osmanov. So that that's not accurate in that sense. Um, and um, in terms of what it changes, in in terms of the short term, I think well, I think we can see from the outside of how we reacted as a club on Saturday against Manchester City, and the steps that we we make. And those are not my decisions, that's club decisions from above me, that we are doing the right thing as a club. And in the short term I've been here, I've had no doubt that we were reacting the right way. In terms of how, it, uh, it, did it affect my training session this morning? No. Did it affect how we prepare for Borenwood? No. Um, and that's just where it's at. I mean, there, again, you have to, it's difficult to read through all these statements and know exactly what's going on. Like, I would presume if Uzmanov's assets have been frozen, then Everton releasing a statement saying, well, we've put a halt on sponsorship deals with companies owned by Uzmanov. I would think the freezing of the assets is the issue there, not Everton saying, well, we're not going to yeah, exactly. let the situation continue. How much more money was coming from those sponsorship deals anyway? Uh, yeah, so look, I mean, and it's a murky enough relationship there in that, like, for example, this is a guy who's a sponsor of the club with no official title. Why are we even being asked whether Frank Lampard was interviewed by him you know yeah. that I think that makes it murky enough to, to 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 say that you know like so you know it's it's a very strange one. I'm going to say something that I've never thought I would ever say and definitely have never said before. I feel sorry for Frank Lampard. It's Jesus. He, look, this is a position <laughs> that he's you know he's a football manager. Whether we like him or not, it's kind of all he is. You know, and these guys aren't signing up to these companies. Tuchel as well. Obviously, we talked about last night. These guys aren't signing up to these companies as like. CFOs to sort of take on the owner's vision in the marketplace. They're signing up to be football managers of these teams. It's it's a little bit much that, and it just so happens then they are the most front-facing representatives of these clubs slash companies. And then they have to go and answer these questions all the time. I don't think anybody reasonably expects Frank Lampard to know anything about um, Usmanov um, and his relationship with Everton before he takes over. And I think if you do, I think you're asking a bit much in a way that I don't think you'd ask yourself in the same situation. Mm. On uh, So Farad Mashiri is the owner. He's not Russian, born in Iran, family moved to England uh, before the 79 revolution. But between 06 and 13, he is the chairman of Uzmanov's mining company. And then he becomes chairman of USM, which is the Uzmanov company, USM Holding. Now, he's not as wealthy as Uzmanov, but they're very much, uh, well, more than colleagues. Their um, partnership 
in effect. But Mashiri is very much to the fore, Usmanov very much in the background. And as you said, he has no stated position at the club. Mm. So it's I think odd, that, isn't it? Well, it is odd. And that's why, there, you know, those reports that he was involved in Frank Lampard's interview kind of caught the eye. Well, if he has no stated position at the club, why is he interviewing the next manager? And exactly. There we go. So, um, well, that's Everton. I mean, again, Everton have cut tie or cut um, the sponsorship situation. That's because Usmanov's assets have been frozen. That's the story there. And it was very much the talk in uh, Westminster, though Usmanov and Abramovich, and we'll get into that with Jonathan Wilson, who'll join us on the football show after nine. Richie, where are we going next? Uh, to Beijing, the president of the Paralympics says he has had no other option than to allow Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete at the Winter Games. They'll participate as neutrals in Beijing following the invasion of Ukraine. Andrew Parsons explains it's the harshest possible punishment under its constitution. Paralympics Ireland had been one of the bodies calling for those athletes to be excluded from the Games, which get underway in China on Friday. Former world boxing champion Vladimir Klitschko is in Kiev to defend his country and he told Sky Sports News today that any and all measures against Russia and indeed Belarus are welcome. I'm actually proud of, and I know I'm talking to a sporting community and this unity, the world's unity, the IOC, boxing federations, the UEFA, FIFA, Formula One, and so on, ban Russian teams from the games, from participation. I have nothing against the analysts, but they're representing as well the regime that is happening right now and actually in some way in the connection with this war. And that's why any any suspension just to stop this aggression, this senseless killing of innocent people, innocent Ukrainians were probably one of the most peaceful nations in this world. We haven't started war ever with anybody, but come to our home and kill our men, women, and children. This is not, this is not a human, possibly any human could do. And they said senseless. And that's why there is never enough. Okay, so that's Vladimir Klitschko. We'll move off the Russia-Ukraine theme for a moment then. Richie, what else is going on? Liverpool continuing their quest for an historic quadruple this evening. They welcome Norwich to Anfield in the fifth round of the FA Cup, days after landing the Carabao Cup. And with that in mind, Jurgen Klopp has made 10 changes from the team that started at Wembley on Sunday. Only Jordan Henderson survives Cuevin Keller, dropping back to the bench. It was a 7.15 start at Kenilworth Road. Chelsea in action. They're a football team as well, remember. And they're 1-0 down to Luton Town in the fifth round of the FA Cup. That goal coming inside the first three minutes there as Swords native Peter Chioso is playing at left full for Luton and Southampton tonight entertain West Ham from half seven Shane Long and Will Smallbone both start for the Saints Armstrong Okaflex and Darren Randolph are both on the West Ham bench a few Leinster contracts yeah, Ross Byrne, Will Connors and Max Deegan have all signed contract extensions with Leinster today. Connors is out, of course, for the rest of the season with a knee ligament injury and they follow in the footsteps of Jordan Larmer, Tommy O'Brien and Caelan Doris, who all put pen to paper on new deals yesterday. Wicklow footballers then? Yeah, they require a new manager just four games into the Allianz League season. Colin Kelly stepped down last night with the Louth native citing a change in work commitments. Wicklow are bottom of Division 3 following three defeats and a draw and they welcome Leash to Ockram in 11 days' time. 
Uh, interesting story here around uh, Formula One and the Russian driver Nikita Mazepin. Yeah, this is something that I think could follow uh, several sports, given the measures that have been imposed against Russian and Belarusian athletes around Europe uh, during the course of the summer. Russia's Nikita Mazepin won't be allowed to race at Formula One's British Grand Prix in the summer. It follows a decision made by Motorsports UK to ban Russian and Belarusian competitors from the country. Mazepin is able to drive for his team Haas in the upcoming Formula One season, but only under a neutral flag. Hmm. Thoughts, Mick, on individual athletes? I think everybody's agreed on the teams. Yeah, and look, we were talking about the Paralympics, obviously, beforehand, and you hear from Vladimir Kishko, and it's very hard to argue with him, and, like, you know, he's such an amazing ambassador for his country, and, you know, it's a fair point. You know, it's not against the athletes, but they do in some way represent. But just when it comes to outside of like an Olympics or a Paralympics where it is that it is a very national event. Something like Formula One really isn't. Okay, they have flags beside their name. Absolutely neutral flag as you will for race for the rest of the season. Let's not, you know, we have to, there does have to be a thing if you can't go around representing this country after the, the you know, what they have done in invading and atrocities and so on and so forth. But, you know, Maspin, I'm like, I wonder, does he even live in Russia? You know, what is his connection other than being a person who happens to be from a place? And for him to be just his banned dad. like this, I, I, I'm just not 100% sure. I, I, and I say that as the truth. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not like, I, I, I don't know whether they should or shouldn't. Yeah, I don't but it just, it just yeah. makes me question it a little bit. Yeah, the, the sure FIA. Either. The FAA said they wanted to take more of a stance at that, like football teams would, in, in essence, that they play for a club. So like Mazepin, um, you know, plays for Haas in, in, in essence. And, you know, Hamilton plays for Mercedes, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't necessarily ban the players, but whereby countries are being represented. So like a, a, a Russia ice hockey team or a Russia basketball team, or whatever, they can uh, be, be ousted. Um, but the Mazepin one is interesting. Uh, not least obviously because he's Russian but because his dad is somebody else who has massive connections to Vladimir Putin uh, Dmitry Mazepin is uh, a billionaire in his own right uh, owns I think Russia's largest potash company who have up until I think this week because it looks like it is changing been the primary sponsor of Haas and there have been whispers behind the scenes that Mazepin only got his seat on the Haas team because of who daddy was um, so that's the interesting case where where ha- where Mazepin specifically is involved. Now it's only he's the only case I think in Formula One that this applies to, but there are obviously other formulae and categories of motorsports that come under the purview of the FIA where this will be applied. I've heard some talk about Medvedev, like it's an extraordinary thing where the mm-hmm. tennis world number one is now Russian. And again, I'm with you, Mick. I don't know where I am in that spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for doing everything we can possibly do to shame the Russian state and make it a prior state. And on the any team which, say, represents the Russian Football League or obviously the yeah. Russian country, it's a no-brainer. It's definitely a trickier one when it's Medvedev. There's not much he can do about being from Russia. He's no option here, whereas a football player could up yeah. sticks and move to a different country now. But the point is, if you're looking to, if you're saying that the message isn't getting through to Russian citizens, what their leader is truly up to and what the real reasons for it is, you know, things like sporting achievement and pride in that that comes from, you know, uh, your compatriot going out and winning the Australian Open, you know, is a very important thing. And that message does get through then if they become if, if that is taken away from them a little bit. So I do see that point, but I do completely agree with you. My, my instinct on it is, 
what's this got to do with Medvedev? Mm. You know, and if he's not allowed to play at Wimbledon or so on this year, you know, it's like, you know, he can't help being from Russia. And I, I you know, and do we put a do we put a, a litmus test on it where they have to denounce the war or something? You know, obviously we can't go down that road. Mm. So it's so complicated, but. I think we have to talk about it being complicated and not just simplify everything. Mm. Where are you in the individuals, Richie? It's a difficult, like it's it's such a difficult one. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd be inclined to go along with the FIA route whereby saying that these people are representing teams and that they shouldn't necessarily be subject to the same sanctions as people who overtly are representing their nation. Like you can't have Russia, for instance, compete in the Davis Cup at the moment. Yes. But you can have Medvedev compete in individual competitions and that is the tricky complicated fun like not literally nothing in life is black and white like that and nothing is is easy and there is, there are no easy and simple explanations for a single thing but this is probably the most difficult to kind of uh walk the line of because of the nature of of the people involved the nature of the competitions involved um individuals yeah i i would struggle to see that the the outright banning or casting out of the mm. likes of Daniel Medvedev from international sport at the minute, but nor should they be able to revel in their national status. Like little no. things, like there are little tiny things that seem minuscule and stupid, but like uh, Mazepin's front wing is or was a Russian flag up until yesterday. Like that's got to change. It's little tiny little things like that that are all little nods and waves to people back home have to go. And that's where I think the likes of the FAA come in saying no flags and all that kind of jazz because like oh, yeah, that's a no national sport is, is, is a no-brainer really, like you say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fellas, we're out of time. Mick, thanks very much. Thanks. Richie, thanks for this evening. Nice one, lads.